Hey everyone, you are now listening to the Land Great Holy Land Recruiting Podcast State Secrets with Patrick Yen, Jake Collett, and Ken James. Alright, it's time for the October 5th edition of State Secrets, Land Great Holy Land's Recruiting Podcast, and we're just going to go right into it with our Friday Night Fighters, and basically for you know those who are new here, this is just talking about which OSU commits did the best so I'm going to start off with two kind of unfortunate injuries. First one is Grant Tuton, the three-star offensive tackle. He's having season-ending surgery for a torn labrum. Senior year, right. last send-off. Yeah, it's a tough blow. Yeah, by all accounts, he was having a, a pretty good year, but, you know, that one that's over now. The other one is wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba. He got hurt on the first play last week. He came back in, got a catch, but then went right back out. I believe it's also a shoulder issue with him, and he he sat out again this week. I, I think I think he already has like 700 receiving yards. And yeah, he'll be fine so as far as Let him have a week off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so going through the actual guys who did manage to suit up and play, we had 2021 QB commit Kyle McCord, passing for four touchdowns and 213 yards. He led his school, St. Joseph's Prep, over Roman Catholic 44-7, so – these are the kind of numbers you expect for these guys to put up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these four-star guys, I'm excited about Kyle McCord. He's not getting a whole lot of press right now because he's still, you know, a year plus away. Right. I know uh, when McCord committed, came down between him and uh, Michigan commit. I can't think of his name, but, you know, it was a battle between who Ohio State would accept between those two. And I think they got the right guy in McCord. We got to get some people in line because right now it's just Justin Fields and backups. Yeah. Right. I was just going to say, you know, even though we have such good QB performance right now, the depth is not very good. And even the recruiting class, besides Colin McCord, who do we have in these 2020 and 2021 classes? I mean, we're looking at taking another quarterback still. So that answer is not yeah. complete yet. It is, I guess, not an awesome answer, but yeah. that's kind of what it is. I, I think the second one could possibly be coming this weekend in C.J. Stroud. Yeah. You... The quarterback from California. We'll see. I mean, again, we'll see what's what's well, going on. With it that, seems but. like that's the one they're honed in on. The, it's definitely the one and, they want. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. Now we're going to move to the Ohio games in the high school world. And, I mean, Ohio really takes their high school football extremely seriously. Oh, yeah. Ohio and Texas and kind of Florida a little yeah. bit, a little bit of California, yeah. but really Ohio and Texas. Yeah, I miss those Friday nights. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy around town. Everyone goes to a football game. Oh, it's yeah. just what you do on Friday in Ohio. Yeah. So we had a big GCLS game last night. We talked a little bit about the GCLS and, and how good it really is. Jake, I think you had some numbers. Right. Just looking at the the national leagues as far as high school football, uh, the greater Catholic League here is ranked fourth as far as toughest in the country. So nice. it goes to show you we weren't just blowing smoke. This is yeah. actually a really good league. Yeah. And inside the GCLS, we had Elder and St. Xavier's, two traditional powerhouses Mm -hmm. down there playing in their 100th meetup. (laughs) So kind of a nice little anniversary or whatever you want to call it. Elder ends up winning a close one, 31-28. We have two kids from Elder, and that's tight end Joe Royer and offensive lineman Jacob James. Joe Royer, last week, he had like four touchdowns, I believe, something like that. Didn't really get on the score sheet in that same way, but they, they won the game. Their QB ran for 236 yards, and you got to believe that both of those guys were a big part of that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, I mean, it just goes to show his his versatility. Last week was a little bit easier game for them than mm-hmm. this, but when he needed to be on the end of the line and block, it looked like it works. Yeah. 
Speaking of blocking, we had Paris Johnson Jr. Yeah, and no when I when I saw this statistic, I, I thought it must have been a mistake or something like that. But he plays for Cincinnati Prince, Princeton. They won over Middletown. He had 10 pancake blocks in one game. That's like a season yeah. for some of these guys, right? Smart. He has such a physical advantage against these you know, high school defensive ends and defensive tackles. It's, it's just unfair. It's it almost criminal. <laughs> I mean, he could be playing right now in, in college football. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. no questions. He could be playing for a lot of very good teams. And <laughs> you just hope that it's not one poor kid who took the brunt of these 10 pancake yeah. blocks over and over again. I mean, you have to imagine, unless they're just cycling, just new victims. Right. Every every down, there's like maybe somebody different won't get put on their butt, but (laughs) it doesn't seem to be the case. He deserves some pancakes after a game like that. Yeah. All right, moving on to Jack Sawyer, another five-star guy. Pickerington North collected another upset over 25th-ranked Reynoldsburg after beating Dublin last week. Sawyer, I mean, kind of a less – Huge stat line game for him this mm-hmm. time around. Nine of fifteen passing for fifty yards on a touchdown. Had sixty-seven rushing yards as well. But then we're not really that interested in his offensive it's a ability. Defensive end, right? As, as, as the like... Buckeyes, right? He's a defensive <laughs> end initially. He was never supposed to play quarterback, but That's... they were just like, let's just get our most athletic guy out there and see what he can do. Yeah, who's holding really, his own on the offensive end? Can be really tired after these games. Yeah, I would think <laughs> a nice long hot tub or cold bath yeah. after something like that. Yeah, yeah it's got to affect his. Defensive end performance a little bit, right? But I guess if you're OSU at this point, you're probably not too worried. You know what he is already. You know he has the gifts. Then it's like some experience, but really, you know, Larry Johnson's going to do what Larry Johnson does. Well, Ohio State always talks about liking guys who play both sides of the ball because you get a look from the other side. You know, you get to see everything from multiple views. And, I mean, if we're being honest with ourselves, there's not a whole lot he needs to get better at right now. But seeing some different perspectives of the game can always help. Absolutely. So, on defense, he didn't get a sack, but he did recover a fumble. So, he's still at least, at the very least, getting on the stat sheet one way or another. (laughs) Finally, we had Reed Carrico. He's also another defensive player for OSU, but was really kind of making his name on the running back side yeah. for Ironton. He had 138 yards and five touchdowns on just 12 carries, so almost <laughs> half his carries are going for are going yard, basically, <laughs> which is pretty incredible. And he also had a defensive touchdown on a fumble recovery, so accounted for six touchdowns on his own. Can't be yeah. mad about that. The uh, His Ironton Tigers, they won 50-6 to six over the Chesapeake Panthers. And I just wonder, it's like, when you're, let's say you're the Chesapeake Panthers, and you, you know, like, oh, man, they got the OSU kid. You got to be a little bit scared. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit in your head, just a little bit. Uh, but it plays both sides. You want to come out and see how you compare to this Ohio State caliber player and see if you're on that level. I guess it gives and takes, but uh, Carrico did all the taking in this, you know, yeah. <laughs> six touchdowns <laughs> on 12. Living in the end yeah. zone. <laughs> Finally... Just for unfortunately, it's it's a little bit difficult to find the statistics for some of these guys, especially the western, the west coast, because they end so late. Yeah, yeah. It, they end very late, and and uh, the people aren't getting up quite so early to you know write these articles, get these right. articles, to get the stats out here. But a kind of a cool, we had kind of a cool little pipeline forming in in Washington. Yeah. Wide receiver G. Scott Jr. and he, his brother Zion, I believe his name is Zion mm-hmm. Scott, are the are mm-hmm. the two wide receivers out there. And, uh, Jake, I think you wanted to talk, speak a little bit about these guys. Again, as we talked about last week, and Kim brought up the great point that Washington high school football is really growing. It's really the, the ability level is really rising out there. Yeah. And 
it was just a really cool, I don't know who's heard the story and who's not heard the story, but G. Scott Sr., obviously G. Scott Jr.'s dad, told G. Scott before, his, before he started doing his visits, listen, you're not good enough to go to Ohio State. Don't worry about going out there for your visit because you're not good enough to play there. And that can work in a couple ways, right? It can really motivate you or it can get you down. Fortunately, G. Scott Sr. knew it, how his son would react. Yeah. Really has stepped up his game. He's looking like a dominant wide receiver. I mean, should be a five star. Yeah, we're we're should talking be. about on the verge of five star, yeah. and he's going to come in with maybe the best receiving class Ohio State, if not anyone has ever seen, yeah. and be a real big part of it. And just now that he's coming, what do you do? You start working on his brother. You bring his dad into the fold a little bit, you know, just to get some. A little favoritism going, yeah. and hopefully here in a couple of years we'll be talking about Zion too. Zion is twenty class of twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Yep. Yeah, uh, I think if he's Ohio State caliber, that's in the bag. Yeah, I, 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 I think so. so. Yeah, I think so. That's that's pretty much going to be it for the Friday night performers. So we're going to move on to our next section, which is going to be this week's new warriors. So we're just talking about who are the new commits and offers this week. Not too much on this front this week, and we are in the quiet period until a little bit right. longer before we're going to get a ton of these answers coming through. But we did get Jacoby Cohen, as expected, right? Yeah. Uh, he's one of these guys that he can play inside, outside. He's going to probably play inside yeah, in, in college. He's going to yeah. put on another, I think he's like 270-ish yeah, now. They're talking he'll about get him to like 300. developing up to 300. So he'll he'll probably play inside. He's not... He's not Aaron Donald, you know, right. something like that. He's he's a guy that's gonna stuff the run and take up blocks. He's a good plugger. Yeah, he's yeah. that's what he's really good at. And you always like to have these guys in the middle because yeah. obviously we're gonna have DNs who are really good. Yeah. So just to add somebody who's gonna plug up the middle and be strong against the run, it's exactly what you need. Yeah, yeah. He's a four star guy, six five, two sixty two right now. With the potential to get bigger, yeah. he's the 15th yeah. overall defensive tackle and 165 in the nation. So, just another, just another big piece. And defensive line surprisingly was kind of thin in the recruiting class. Yeah, it was. it's yeah. it's weird because a lot of times these, especially the DNs now, they they really want to come to Ohio State because they see what's going on with Bosa's and Youngs and mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. But there's only so many spots for true DNs. Yeah. So at this point, we're getting them early. Yeah, and they're so. You know, I don't want to say backed up, but they're so stacked with young ones uh, already on the roster that you could kind of pick and choose who you want to go after. And that, you know, alleviates half of the numbers of, you know, guys that could commit. And you're probably going to get 90% or higher of the people that you target at the end. Right. So just one thing I wanted to address with Jacoby Cohen as well. I think before we had started recording, Ken, you had talked about how even though this was not official until Friday, right? <laughs> he was he had told OSU already like a while ago yeah, that he July. was down here. Yeah, silent commit. You know that's big with these uh, high the schoolers scenes. nowadays. Yeah, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. They're still sixteen, seventeen year old kids. You know, they give their word to the head coach, but they just want their moment in the sun. You know, to everybody for everyone to see. And uh, this was the case with uh, Cohen. So yeah, he committed during the summer. Middle of the summer. Okay, so that's the this week's New Warriors. Not too many, but with that, we're going to take a really quick break, guys, and we're going to run a quick ad, as we have to do, and uh, we'll be back soon. All right, so we are gonna, we're right back 
at it for our recruiting podcast, State Secrets, Land Grant, Holy Land, Patrick Gann, Ken James, Jake Collar. (laughs) So now we're going to move to our Section 3. We didn't have anything for you guys on this front last week because we were away, obviously. But now OSU gets a little bit of a homecoming. They get a night game against Michigan State, another top 25 opponent, and the kids have come out to play just to watch this it, one. It's one of those showcase uh, recruiting weekends. It is definitely. Yeah. And before we get to it, let's let's also think about even though we were away, we being Ohio State was away last week. Primetime beatdown is a recruiting event Absolutely. on its own. Yeah. So even <laughs> being away, they did a good job recruiting yeah. last week. And then you get to add to hopefully another beatdown, but you get to add the atmosphere, the blackout, mm-hmm, right. fear the night. Mm-hmm. Fear the night. That's kind of what the the theme that they're going for, and I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, how, how do you guys feel about the kind of like the spectacle that re- recruiting visits have become recently? Um, it's just growing with the times. Uh, you know, I know – Back when I was coming through high school, going on college, like it really wasn't to this level, uh, as you see with all the the graphics on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you have all these new alternate uniforms and stuff, like Ohio State wearing an all black Saturday. Well, tonight, um, I just think it doesn't really like. Well, I will say it doesn't get you. Like it doesn't. They're not signing for that reason. Like, they have to, like, have a fiction with your university outside of all the glitz and glamour and all that stuff. But it is a, a cap in the feather, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's like we talked about on, on our, other, our other show on Thursday, it doesn't really matter to you and me and Ken. It matters to the 16-year-old or the 17-year-old who's starting to narrow down the college decisions. Yeah. They want to see – I mean – the best example of this is what was happening seven years ago at Oregon, where yeah. they just had basically, was it 20-something different jersey <laughs> options? And all of them were, you know, flashy, and and they were something to draw attention. You're looking at chrome helmets and, and right. you know, stuff like that. So it doesn't make a big difference to me, but it does for the, the ones who are – coming through and trying to decide but like you said it's not the final straw right Right. one thing that i had noted was apparently reed carico he kind of committed to osu because he he came down watched the game got to see the atmosphere when he had come up here he had not planned to commit that was not in his plans but then he saw the atmosphere he saw what it's like to be an osu player and just loved it so much that he pretty much committed shortly after but Recruiting visits definitely definitely important, and it, this is going to be probably one of the biggest ones for OSU. This one, in this Penn one, State. Penn State and Wisconsin. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. this is at least one of the big three. Could so be the they biggest. get three. Yeah. That, that's pretty good for one season. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that's being reflected in just how many kids are coming. Only three official visits, which is not necessarily surprising. It's going to be Julian Fleming. We all know about this kid. He's already committed. We're good to go on this one. But yeah. he is taking yeah. his official visit. And for his part, he was doing a, a nice job of telling other people to come. Yeah. You know, he was very active on Twitter. I mean, these kids are very active on yeah. Twitter. And that's just the new generation. But mm-hmm. pretty much he was rec- he's telling all these other kids, like, hey, come down. We're coming down. I'm coming down. Lejean is coming down. You guys should come down with us to watch this game. I actually think uh, C.J. Stroud might have uh... – they, uh, I don't know if he was, like, set in stone to come on a visit when Fleming and uh, Legend 
We're talking about, you know, they'll be able to. So maybe that kind of uh, persuaded him to come up, I believe, is his a, a, an official? It's no, it's unofficial. So he's paying to come up here to hang out, you know, with guys that I'm pretty sure he's quite fond of. So that can't be anything but a place plus for Ohio State. When you have somebody like Julian Fleming telling you you should come hang out and I will be your wide receiver in a few years if you commit here, you listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, I mean, he's coming all the way from California. Right. right. That's, not right. A, that's not an easy trip. But the other two are are not committed yet, and so these are the really important guys. It's going to be four-star, strong side defensive end Tyler Barron. He's the number three SDE in this class, number 105 overall. And then the big one, Kevontre Bradford, four-star running back, 18th running back, 223 overall in the class. Yeah. So yeah. If you guys saw the piece I did on Langer at Holy Land about the running backs – he is the most likely of the big three to end up at Ohio State, I would think. He had, what last I checked, he had 100% crystal ball. Now that was one prediction, yeah. but it's still a good sign. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, we need running backs. Yeah. So, and I think they might try and get him in the bag before the end of the weekend. Yeah. yeah. They're going to push hard for him for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I don't know what the qualifications are necessary for the crystal ball, but I did hear on the radio that. This year, the crystal ball is like 94% correct. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a good sign as any. Yeah. So we're going to finish out the rest of the 2020 guys. Just a list of names coming out here. If you guys want to talk about who are the key guys. Most of the 2020 guys who are coming down, though, besides the two I just named, are, are already committed. Yeah. They're just coming to have hang fun, out. hang yeah. out. And a lot of these guys are Ohio guys, like – like a Jack Sawyer where he lives 15 minutes away. Right. He's going to come down anyways. But other guys coming besides the ones I named, Paris Johnson Jr. is going to be here. Jackson Smith Njigba is going to be here. G. Scott Jr. all the way from Washington is going to be here. Jacoby Cohen, the new commit, is going to be here. Darion Henry. And then C.J. Stroud, who we'd be talking about, he's going to be in town for this. And Lejean Cavazos, Cavazos, he's going to be here. Cameron Martinez, Grant Teuton, and Jake Siebert. All these guys from the 2020 class are going to be here. Um, like I said, almost all of them are committed except for Baron, Stroud, and Bradford. Yeah. It's just a good opportunity for these guys to, who are going to be playing together yeah, to get to know each other. Build that team chemistry. Because it yeah. should be a really good time for these it guys. Yeah. And so now we're going to move on to the 2021 class, which is a lot more interesting because obviously in the 2020 class, none of these guys really are committed. A couple of them are. Like Jack Sawyer, who will be there. He's going to be in it. He's going to be there. Kyle McCord, who we talked about, also should be here. Yeah. But the rest, of, almost all the rest of these guys are not committed to OSU. So we got Bo Collins, Damon Payne, Donovan Edwards, Ja'Kalen Johnson, Jaden Ballard, Jake Brindingstool, Najee Story, Greg Crippen, Hudson Wolf, Hunter Waller, Charles Montgomery, Rodney McGraw, Kyron Montgomery, Jalen Johnson, and Troy Stellato. All these guys, 30 in total, are going to be here for to watch OSU take on Michigan State. So <laughs> that's just a list of names yeah. <laughs> if you guys want to, you know, rewind this and listen to them again. But who are who are the key guys in the 2020 and 2021 classes that we are really, really looking to get? Uh, as we uh, were just talking about in the 2020 class, I think uh, Bradford locking in that first running back slot. Uh-huh. It's big for Coach Day to uh, get the ball rolling on that this weekend. Possibly maybe C.J. Stroud, if you could get him in the bag uh, on an unofficial and then bring him back for an official later right. on down the line. Uh, that should be cool. And with the 2021 uh, class, you have a lot of 
just top one, let alone the whole list. It's a lot of top 100 prospects right. uh, coming for the game. And I'm looking at Bo Collins, the four-star uh, wide receiver. He's borderline five-star all the way from California. Don Bosco, his teammate, uh, pledge uh, Court Williams, Williams in the 2020 class. Uh, he's a big-time, big-time receiver. And uh, maybe I don't think he has an offer yet, but uh, I read online that it could be coming this weekend. And a couple crystal balls for him rolled in uh, – Ahead of this weekend as well, so I'll keep my eye on him. Hopefully, Court Williams is doing some good recruiting on his yeah. own out there. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's Donovan Edwards. I just, I just need for my own comfort level to start getting a little solidification in the running right. back room. Mm -hmm. And he's, I mean, he's a monster, and yeah. I would, I would love to have him. And to get him, and he's from Michigan as right. well, so you know, two birds with one stone. Just kind of pluck him out of there. All right, so that's it for the this weekend in OSU. Once again, one of the biggest recruiting nights for OSU. So I really want to see OSU just put on a show for these guys, right? Yeah. 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 And a good opportunity as any. So we're going to move on to our last section. That's our rival watch. What are other schools doing in this class? And a really good weekend for OSU, bad weekend for the rivals, because <laughs> yeah. two four-star cornerbacks or defensive backs, and it's not necessarily – you know, the classification is not necessarily set for these guys in high school. Right. But two four-star defensive backs have decommitted from other schools and are both favoring OSU at least a little bit. First one is Ryan Watts, decommits from Oklahoma. Ohio State's the favorite to land him along with Penn State. I would be shocked if he doesn't end up at Ohio State yeah, personally. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, he's he's a – imagine he's, he's like 6'2". He's yeah, a little he's bit lanky, taller. Lanky. He's a little skinnier. Yeah. But, I mean, he's prototypical corner yeah. size. You know, yeah. he's too probably too big to end up at safety, too tall to end up right. at safety. Yeah. But, I mean, I just – when you, somebody like this decommits from a place like Oklahoma who can get them to the league, you know, Oklahoma right. can get anybody to the league, and you're thinking, do I want to go play corner for Ohio State or Penn State? I mean, what, kind, no what are we talking about? No where, where are you going to go to get Especially to the league? Especially with how – the secondary has come out playing with their hair on fire this season. Yeah. With the new coach, and uh, Jeff Halfley. You can't tell it's, me Brian Watts is not watching Jeff Okuda highlights yeah. and going, that's what I want to do, like, and that's where I want to do it. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the bag by the middle of next yeah. week, yeah. like at all. And um, it's not even Jeff Okuda highlights. When you watch the uh, – the, any time you watch the Saints on national <laughs> television, <laughs> the yeah. entire secondary, they're saying the, the Ohio, Ohio State, State University. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I would say Watts – is higher than uh, Francois. Uh, Francois is a little bit on the shorter side. Yeah. So I think – and I think they want at least two cornerbacks in this class with uh, Cavazos being a combination of safety corner. Yeah. So I think they'll leave one spot open uh, if Watts was to commit for uh, – of course you got to save one spot for Elias Ricks. Right. Because you want to take that one all the way through. If you can get it, you yeah. take it. Yeah. I, Elias Ricks is one of those guys that you really hope for but, but you're not. I just can't yeah. get there saying I think he's going to end up here. Right, right. But yeah, a bit of a spoiler from Ken, but the uh, other guy yeah. <laughs> was Jaden Francois. He decommits from Miami, according to 247. Ohio State, Penn State, and Florida are the warm, you know, they, they kind of do like a warm, cool commit mm -hmm. sort of thing. And yeah. they're, those are the three favorites, basically. Crystal Ball still says Miami. Just because you decommit doesn't mean you can't recommit. Right. But currently, the Crystal Ball still says Miami for now. A interesting stat that I saw while I was doing this research from 2016 to 2020, Miami has had 74 
decommits. And Florida themselves aren't doing too much better. They have 50. So just for those out there, how is OSU doing in the the decommit uh, department? I want to go back to Miami for a second with their decommitments. Like, they have a long history of getting a bunch of early commits. Like, before they'll have, like, 15, 20 commits already in the bag before the season starts. And then – their play on the field kind of speaks for itself. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so, so unfortunate, but true. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Like, they always start off, like, on fire, and then they gradually fall off, lose commitments early, late, middle of the season, you name it, wherever. Like, so I think it, it's just ironic that Miami has the most decommits because that's a big number. 74, that's a lot. That's a huge number. And I think we're at the point where – Miami can't just rest on past laurels anymore because, right. I mean, this used to be the U, you know. Right. If if they wanted a player, they got him. Right. Anymore, I it's, think they're just trying to quick sell him, yeah, stay at home. And, yeah, because most of these kids were babies right. or newborns, you know, the last time Miami was relevant. so And, and it, just a turnover chain is not enough right. anymore. <laughs> right. So back to it. Yeah, does OSU – have a history of decommits? Like, what are, like, some of the big decommits? Or is that not really a problem with OSU? No. I would say probably the biggest decommitments that uh, I can recall, like, in recent memory is Jaden Woodby and uh, Jordan Battle. La- Jordan Battle last year, that was a big-time loss. Jordan Battle. Uh, he's starting at Alabama, like, as a freshman this year. And uh, Jaden Woodby in that 2018 class. But uh, – I mean, I don't know him personally, but Jay, it seemed like he was a little bit, you know, of a head case, you know, kind of a prima donna type. But he ended up – California guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. That ended up at Florida State. And how's that turning out for you? Right. You know? Nothing's going well down yeah, there, really. So. Now, Ohio State, like we talked about a little bit before we came on, is more susceptible to a transfer than a decommitment. Ohio State generally does a really good job of letting these guys know where they stand and how many – Maybe scholarships are left out there to be taken. Ohio State is in one of the schools that signs or has way overcommit. You know uh, how do they how do they call it? They say they 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 take uh, more than they can actually oversign. Oversign, yes, yeah, yeah. as how they put it. We're, we everyone does it, but Ohio State doesn't really do it as bad as in Alabama or, yeah. or somewhere like that. So most of these guys, if they commit here, they're coming here, and then if they end up getting beat out, maybe they transfer. Right. But not rarely do we see decommitments. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's that's got to put some comfort in the in the hearts of Ohio State fans. Like, oh, we don't, yeah. we don't Once we get a guy, They're we pretty, got him. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that's pretty much it for the, the decommits. So pretty cool that both these guys are very interested in OSU, and we'll see what we can do to get these guys. Finally, we're going to go to the, the commits from this week, and there was a couple of them, mostly three-star guys. But the big one – Especially if you're an Ohio State fan because it's a fellow Big Ten. But uh, Keandre Lambert, four-star wide receiver, goes to Penn State. Gadget-type receivers, probably in the mode of K.J. Hamler. There you go. As you know, putting up ridiculous numbers at Penn State. So he probably saw that and wanted to follow that path and, like, go next. Yeah, I don't know that he would crack the lineup of the Ohio State incoming wide receivers. So, you know, he's a good good get for Penn State. Yeah. All right. So that's going to be pretty much it for our October 5th episode of State Secrets. Closing thoughts, guys? Big weekend for Ohio State. Yeah. Um, I expect to see 
obviously we can't take everyone who's coming isn't right. going to just sign the dotted line tonight because yeah. we can't. But it's it's just a good opportunity to get some of the future together, get them to get excited about what they're going to be a part of in a couple years, and for them to recruit each other, yeah. I think is the biggest thing here. There's, you're talking about 30 guys. That's going to be a stuffed sideline yeah. full of guys with badges on watching the game. So, And yeah. hopefully the, the families enjoy the atmosphere too. Yeah. I think it's a... A big weekend, big game. I think Ohio State gets a big win. And uh, on the field and off the field as well, as I think they'll secure a couple of these guys before the weekend is over with. Thanks so much for listening, guys. That was Landry Holy Land State Seekers with Patrick Yen, Jake Collar, and Ken James.